In the wise words of Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow, R-E-L-A-X, let's just everybody take a deep breath, relax. We're going to be just fine here in Clifton. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow it, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl between the Cincinnati Bearcats and the Louisville Cardinals right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Alex Frank with you, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am fired up to be here today to talk to all of you. And, and, and can I just say, you know, when you go through a head coaching search, and by the way, my one-year anniversary with this podcast network, the Lockdown Podcast Network, which I'm so grateful to be a part of, um, my one-year anniversary was this past Saturday. And... There's been a lot that's happened over the last year, but nothing like a head coaching change at the highest revenue-driven sport in college athletics, college football. And so to be able to come on here every day and talk to you as an alum of the University of Cincinnati, the same university my mom went to and my grandparents went to, there is a legacy within my family that went to the University of Cincinnati. This podcast is me connecting with you, my family. And so I'm very grateful to come on the air or come, yeah, yeah, come on the air, come on the podcast and talk to you about the Cincinnati Bearcats, a head coaching change. And the fact that the Bearcats just retained a four-star quarterback commit and Brady Drogosh, right? Brady Drogosh has decided to stay home with Cincinnati. I think that is really, really good for this program and where it's headed. Scott Satterfield, the fact that he's been able to retain Kerry Combs, you wanted that. The fact that he's been able to retain Brady Drogosh, he's gotten that. So again, for those of you who are still skeptical about the hire, and I talked to a lot of people, right? I was home this past weekend, or this whole, the past week in Ohio, in Cincinnati. I talked to my mom, I talked to my grandparents, I talked to people I saw on the streets, walking their dogs while I was walking my dog. We were talking Bearcats, right? People care about the Bearcats. I care about the Bearcats. And so this is why we are so excited about Brady Drogosh staying home. And this is why we, see, this is what I love the most about sports, right? Sports are opinionated, but yet uniting at the same time. We are united by our differing opinions. There are those who are still out on Scott Satterfield. I, however, am not, and I never have been, because I understand his abilities as a recruiter. Is Cincinnati football going to be back where they were under Luke Fickle with recruiting? This commit suggests, yes, they will. Brady Drogosh, all right? Russ Heldman, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, who will be on this show later this week, um, wrote... He's been keeping track of transfers and commits in the transfer portal tracker. So the Cincinnati Bearcats 
retaining Drogosh is massive for 2023-2024, right? Brady Drogosh, um, for those who maybe don't really know yet, um, Drogosh, 24-7 sports, 311th ranked recruit, 19th ranked quarterback, um, dual threat skill set, clearly still sought after by Scott Satterfield as Russ wrote, the new head coach made the right pitch to keep Drogosh. So massive retainment by the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, when we talk about recruiting and we talk about positions that matter, the quarterback still matters, right? Quarterbacks are, and my opinion about them has changed over the years. And I say that because I've seen quarterbacks become so tough, resilient. When we talk about head coaches being leaders of young men, right, the quarterback is an extension of that. The quarterback is the leader on the field, okay? So they are leading a group of able-bodied men, right, tough soldiers, especially being dual threat. You're seeing quarterbacks now do everything they can to make plays. You see that with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. You see that with Desmond Ritter. You see that with guys like Brady Drogosh. You see that with every mobile quarterback in the NFL. Kyler Murray, really wishing him a speedy recovery after last night. He makes plays. Scott Satterfield knows this being a former quarterback. And so my opinion about them has grown to being, they're not just, you know, the handsome looking guy, the girls want to date. No, they are the leaders on the field and they're literally putting their bodies on the line. How many times do you see Patrick Mahomes do that? How many times Joe Burrow took a hit against the Kansas City Chiefs trying to get a first down? Desmond Ritter did everything he could. Quarterbacks, yes, we hold them to a higher standard. But that guy, man, if you can get a quarterback with charisma and leadership, oh yeah, that's the quarterback I want. Brady Drogosh, I know, I mean, I don't know what kind of leader he is. He hasn't played a game in Cincinnati. But I will tell you this: Scott Satterfield being a former quarterback, and I talked to you about this last week. I said this. That's a good thing. He knows everything about a football team. Quarterbacks are the leaders of the football team, right? This is why this is such a huge retainment. You've retained the coach you've wanted to retain and the commit you've wanted to retain. So even if players, so even as players come and go in the transfer portal, this is still a really, really good start to the Scott Satterfield era. And all Scott Satterfield has to do is keep this program afloat. He's not walking in to a rebuilding situation. And here's the thing. You have high expectations for this program. I have high expectations for this program. But I, I do think this program is in good hands. Right? Russ and I have been talking all week that we feel better and better about this hire. We feel better and better about Scott Satterfield. And there was skepticism amongst both of us when he was hired. But the big things that stood out to me, quarterback, power five head coach, Recruiter, 
and the fact that he has already rebuilt a program and helped the program in transition from FCS to FBS. This Bearcats football program is ready to be in the Big 12, right? All Scott Sunfield has to do is retain it. Coming up, I wanted to revisit some turning points from the 2022 season that maybe led to what's been going on over the last two weeks and how that got the Bearcats to the Fenway Bowl on Saturday. And speaking of Desmond Ritter, I've got some thoughts on him making his first career NFL start Saturday, uh, Sunday rather, in a very, very fun place to watch a football game, but a tough environment for any visiting player. I will explain all of that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. This is insane. Um, Omaha Steaks has cut 50% statewide to make you the gift-giving hero that you always wanted to be. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious, delicious, excuse me, Omaha Steaks. They've put to, Omaha Steaks have put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love nice and easy. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off statewide. Plus, use code LOCKDOWN at checkout to get an additional $40 off your order. Omaha Steaks has everything you need to give a gift that's simply perfect. Send an assortment of mouthwatering favorites like the delicious Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Uh, Omaha Steaks. Don't wait. Order today and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off state site-wide. Plus, use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout. To get that extra $40 off your order, minimum order may be required. Omaha Steaks. Hey, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so... I, I did this a lot during the season, but I wanted to revisit it. The turning points of the 2022 season. I really feel like every game can be summarized with four key moments, right? This was something Mike Dardis, my former colleague at WLWT, when I interned there, told me. A football game can be decided in three to four plays. You can look at the Bearcats game against Tulane. You can look at the Bearcats game against UCF. You can look at any big game the Bearcats won this year, East Carolina. You can look at any game over the years, and there are three to four turning points. What about the overall season? Well, you can look at that, too. I think one of the real turning points early on was when Malik Van was lost due to a torn peck. I don't think we understood truly how big of a loss that would be. Now, the silver lining with that was um, the silver lining was that you got to see the emergence of Juwan Briggs and Dante Corleone. If Malik Van's still in there, I'm not totally sure we under, we get to see how good Corleone is or how much Juwan Briggs improved. But you did miss Malik Van's veteran leadership, and I think that is what was lost the most. Here's a hometown hero 
who had been through a lot with the Bearcats, came in at a time when this program was in major transition. You think the Bearcats are in transition right now with Scott Satterfield, and yes, they are. The transition from Tuberville to Fickle was much bigger than this. Malik Van was a part of that movement. He bought into Luke Fickle's vision. And the worst part is he was a fifth-year senior. He came back for this year, right? And I think when he was lost, the run defense took a hit. There's that. But then the second half of the Indiana game, which I think really, unfortunately, I think that capped the season of where it was going to go. So that game was interesting. It was a tale of two halves. We know that. The Cincinnati Bearcats were up 38-10 at halftime. And I'm starting to think this offense might outscore last year's offense. Oh, man, if the Bearcats had just beaten Arkansas, they could go to the college football playoff. And yet the second half, they couldn't do anything, right? They punted the ball numerous times. They only got a touchdown because of a turnover on downs deep in Indiana's territory. You go back that game and that box score. You know, the first half was really good. But then the second half, and Russ said it best on this show earlier this season. Bearcat fans were disappointed that he only beat Indiana by 21, but they really shouldn't have been. They should have been grateful that they just beat a Power 5 team by 21, mind you, for the second straight year. Ohio State fans expect national championships. I'm going to be honest. The Cincinnati Bearcats program is a great program right now, but they're not yet at Ohio State's level. Take 21-point wins over Power 5 teams and be happy with it. A lot of Bearcat fans were disappointed. You can say that the second half was so awful, and that's totally fine. But the positive is you beat a Power 5 team by 21 points. Now, the struggles in the second half, unfortunately, reappeared constantly or frequently in the second half of the season in conference play. The fact that their running game stalled at various points. The fact that Ben Bryant struggled. The fact that their offense went through several scoring droughts, scoreless droughts. We saw that against UCF and East Carolina. We saw that against Tulane. I mean, they were, I mean, they didn't score in the third quarter against Tulane. So that game against Indiana capped the season of where it would go. And for those wondering, the, excuse me, the second half of that game, if I can find the drive chart, which I know is here somewhere, I want to find out how, just how many times the Bearcats punted in the second half. Do they not have a drive chart? Okay. Well, the point is this, right? Defenses defenses started to realize this Bearcats offense was very easy to defend. They weren't dynamic. If, if they hadn't run the ball for 200 yards against Indiana, in addition to Ben Bryant throwing for over 300 yards, and what's interesting about that game is we thought Ben Bryant had really turned the corner. Then the second half was a foreshadowing of what was going to come in the second half of the season where Bryant really wasn't that great of a quarterback. He gave the Bearcats chances to win every single game, including Central Florida. 
But eventually, his struggles came to a head and unfortunately ended for him with a season-ending injury. And even if he was healthy, how confident would you have been with him starting against Tulane? Another turning point was when Dante Corleone went down. You went into your biggest game of the season against a Tulane team that runs the football at a very, very high level without Malik Van and Dante Corleone. Without your probably two of your best run defenders, maybe your two best run defenders. And that was hard. That was hard to go into that game. And knowing you had to stop Tulane's running game without those guys. And we didn't really know until the game that Corleone wasn't going to play. But that was a major loss. That was a big loss. You didn't have your big defensive lineman to stuff the middle. That was a big loss. So then, the final turning point of the season, Tyler Scott's drop touchdown pass. Evan Prater throws a dime to Tyler Scott over the middle. Drop pass, game over. If Scott catches that and runs it in for a touchdown, what happens? The Bearcats probably hold on and advance to the conference championship. Luke Fickle probably coaches that game. Does Wisconsin wait for him? Does Luke Fickle leave after the championship game? Who's still here that have, that have entered their names in the transfer portal? That drop pass not only ended the Bearcats' regular season and postseason aspirations, but essentially it ended the Luke Fickle era. And if you really want to go to turning points, how about Luke Fickle letting the clock run down in the, in the second quarter? If he calls a timeout, do the Bearcats get another possession? Do they score on that possession? Now we're getting into turning points turning into what-ifs. But interesting to think about. All right. One of my all-time favorite Bearcats, not just in football, but any sport, will make his pro debut on Sunday in one of my favorite cities in America. I'll explain my thoughts on that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Built Bar. Can we pause the pod for a second? Okay, we're paused. Great, because you got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors, cookie dough topper, coconut brownie, coconut brownie topper. Coconut brownie is a bar. But still, how about white chocolate peppermint granola? It's Bilt's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff. Bilt puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Bilt bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. Literally. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories at only 130. Just sink your teeth into that first bite, and it will change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you try these new built flavors, and the magical, wonderful time afterwards, you're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. An unanswerable question, to say the least. They're all unbelievable, and they're all different, so you can order a mixed box and try all five flavors for yourself. Built. You got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. 15% off. 
your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. All right, are you looking to make a move for the guesswork out of the home buying process and hire a professional real estate team track record of success? Debbie Weckstein Frank. She's a realtor with Coldwell Banker Heritage. Coldwell Banker Heritage. And Steve Maloney is a lender with First Community Mortgage. They will be there to help you every step of the way. Debbie and Steve are both longtime Miami Valley residents. They have helped hundreds of people just like you find the home of their dreams. Call Debbie right now. She's at 937-672-3942. That's 937-672-3942. Or visit teamweck.com. Bearcats quarterback Desmond Ritter getting the start for the first time in his NFL career Sunday. The Atlanta Falcons take on the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome in a game that is very important for both teams. I mean, think about this. Normally, when a rookie makes his first start, or I shouldn't say normally, but when a rookie makes his first start in his NFL career, right? Normally, or I shouldn't say normally, sometimes that rookie can be making that just because the team is not very good. Look at Ryan Finley when he replaced Andy Dalton. Uh, Look at Jalen Hurts when he replaced Carson Wentz. You can look all around the league. Sometimes a quarterback is making his first start when the team is not very good and out of contention. Desmond Ritter is going to be making his first start with the Falcons playing for a chance to win the NFC South. Desmond Ritter is playing in a game that is meaningful for the Falcons in mid-December. Think about that for a minute. The Falcons still have a chance to win the NFC South. They still have Tampa Bay at home. They have Arizona at home, now without Kyler Murray. And they have one other game. I'm trying to think of who that game is. They have, they're, they're at Baltimore. So Desmond Ritter is playing not only in meaningful games, but he's got an opportunity to help the Bengals out. Going to Baltimore and beat the Ravens. Yeah. Desmond Ritter has an opportunity to win the Falcons a division title. Now, here's what's interesting. His first starts in New Orleans. And from experience, as a fan, let alone a player, let me tell you what it's like to play in New Orleans. Be a fan in the game in New Orleans. And what Desmond Ritter is going to be walking into. Now, I obviously hope he's going to be remarkably successful on Sunday. But he's going to be walking into a very, very tough environment. Desmond Ritter has an opportunity to go into the loudest stadium in the league, potentially. The only true dome stadium remaining in the league. But when that place gets loud, it is loud. I sat in the upper deck of the Bengals game against the Saints in October. That place was alive. The noise level rises to the upper deck. When they tell you that place gets loud, it gets loud. My head rang for a week after that game. And that was an interconference game. Two teams who were two and three. The Saints really didn't know where their season was going. But daggone, they still have a chance. They are two games out. They're four and nine. They're essentially playing for their season. 
if they're not eliminated already. So if you're Desmond Ritter, you're walking into one of the most historic venues in not just football, but all sports. But you're leading your team in a game that you know you have to win to keep your playoff hopes alive. And here's the thing with Cincinnati. If the Bengals go into Tampa Bay and win, which is very, very probable, right? If the Bengals beat Tampa Bay and the Falcons beat the Saints, those two teams are tied. Those two teams play in week 18. So Desmond Ritter, this shouldn't be a quarterback switch that's flying under the radar. It's certainly not here in Cincinnati, and it may not be across the league. That game between Tampa Bay and Atlanta may become a 425 game week 18, and we are watching Desmond Ritter playing a nationally televised game that determines whether or not the Falcons go to the playoffs, and not only that, but host a playoff game. Desmond Ritter has an opportunity to take an NFL team to the playoffs. And you think about his evolution at Cincinnati. His evolution at Cincinnati from, you know, little-known quarterback riding the bench to all of a sudden being the quarterback of a team in the college football playoff. Bill Connolly did a, a rankings of the 36 teams to have made the college football playoff in the playoff era. The Bearcats checked in at number 30. Now, the Bearcats, yes, were a group of five team. They lost their first game. They didn't play well in that game. But still, they weren't like just stuck at 35 or 36. They were number 30. That's pretty good. Desmond Ritter quarterbacked that team. Desmond Ritter is ready for this moment. Desmond Ritter is going to bring, I think, and I know this having watched him all four years, Desmond Ritter is going to bring a style of flair. He's going to bring charisma. He's going to bring athleticism. This is what the Falcons' offense needs. Marcus Mariota had athleticism. Now, it turns out he's been put on injured reserve with an injury, which obviously you wish the best for him. But this is an opportunity for Desmond Ritter. If he leads the Falcons to victory on Sunday, which I think they will, be New Orleans, because I can't trust New Orleans. And I can't trust Andy Dalton in a big game. And this is a big game. What I can trust is Desmond Ritter. And this Falcons offense, I think it's. I think you're not going to see him throw 30 times. You're probably going to only see him throw 20 at most. The Falcons know who they are. They want to run the football. They don't want to throw very much. But unfortunately, since they were four and four, their record has been one and four. But the amazing thing is, they still have a chance to make the playoffs. Can you imagine for a minute if Desmond Ritter, in a year where Bearcats defensive players excuse me, have done really well. Sauce Gardner, Maje Sanders, they've all done great. And great to see, and even though I'm a Bengals fan and can't stand the Browns, great to see Jerome Ford get some action on Sunday at, at Paycor Stadium. Loved it. But can the Cincinnati, but can a Cincinnati Bearcats quarterback lead a team to the playoffs? Lead a team that my, that, you know, the city that made me who I am and the city I was born in. Desmond Ritter goes from Cincinnati, leads them to the playoffs, the playoff, and Desmond Ritter goes to Atlanta and leads them to the playoffs. A whole playoff game. Imagine that for a minute. That's what Desmond Ritter has the opportunity to do. And Tampa Bay's schedule, if you want to look at it, it, it because Atlanta has at, at New Orleans, at Baltimore, home versus Arizona, home versus Tampa Bay, 
is home to the Bengals this Sunday. Then they're at Arizona, minus Kyler Murray. That's probably a win. Then they're home against Carolina. I'm not totally sure they win that game. They already lost to Carolina earlier this year. And then they are home, or then they're at Atlanta. Not an easy stretch. I see Tampa Bay winning at least th- uh, maybe three of those games. I'd say right now they beat Atlanta. Just I think they always they have their number. But I can see Atlanta winning this week. I can see them beating Arizona. I see Atlanta being seven and nine, and I see Tampa Bay being maybe eight and eight, and that would set up potentially a tiebreaker for the division. Right? Atlanta has a win. Atlanta's division record right now. Let's see, they are, I think, two and wait, hold on. They have two division games remaining. They beat Carolina once. They lost to Tampa Bay. I don't I don't even know what their record is right now in the division. One and one, one and two. They're one and three. Tampa Bay is two and oh no, three. They have three wins in the division. Hang on, three and one. Only lost to Carolina. But a lot of football left to be played. And great to see Desmond Ritter get that opportunity. All right, coming up tomorrow and later throughout this week, um, Ross Hellman, Dalton Pence, bowl game preview, um, basketball, Bearcats tomorrow, taking on Miami, Ohio. Looking forward to that. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow it, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty. On Instagram, AlexFranknown underscore. Or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. And thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Lockdown can provide Lockdown Sports Today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.